I've talked extensively about my background in the arts, but I've hardly talked about my days playing sports. Actually, athletics were the first main activity I was introduced to. When I was about four or five, my parents signed me up for a soccer league. I remember I was hesitant about it at first, but I quickly came to love it. A year or two after being on this one team, my dad was approached if he wanted to coach his own team. He took up the mantle, and I played under my dad for about eight years or so. My mom was also quite active managing the communication, the scheduling, the snacks, the directions to fields, and whatever else that was needed. It was a family affair. My dad would always ensure that practices and games were fun and encourage camaraderie, teamwork, and an overall friendly environment. Players would come and go, but we would have so many players request to be on his team year after year, and we all became a tight unit. And we weren't half bad. We were normally one of the best teams in our league each season. I played soccer most of my elementary school days, and I even played in high school for a couple of years. Besides soccer, I played baseball in elementary and middle school. I played basketball middle school through high school, and I played lacrosse in high school. I still like to brag that I achieved the record for most saves as a goalie in one game of lacrosse. 40 saves in one game alone. We still lost, but hey, I broke the uh, league record, right? <laughs> Going back to basketball, though. My dad has been a basketball referee for over 30 years. Growing up, I'd travel with him to most of his games. I'd normally get to go into the locker rooms, watch the game from the stands. Occasionally, I was invited to sit on a team bench, and my dad would normally give me some money for the concessions. I can remember spending a lot of money on Gatorade, hot dogs, and chips. <laughs> I was obsessed with cheering sections and the energy in the gymnasiums. Playoff games and tournaments were always the best because they can ensure the best overall gameplay. Because of that, I can say that I feel just as much as home in a gymnasium as I am on a stage. COVID-19 has not been kind to sports, just like it hasn't been kind to the arts or just about anything else. Just like the arts are an integral outlet for expression, Athletics provide a physical outlet for anyone participating. It enforces teamwork, problem solving, determination, and overall health. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Walsh Wednesday, the Reflective Series. Today, we have Lee Keith from BLR Athletique. Today, Lee and I will discuss his clothing company, how they interact with the athletic community, and dive heavily into the community involvement and charity aspect that is at the root of BLR. All of that and more, right after this. Thank you to everyone who helped support the Relay for Life of the Capital Region campuses. Though we couldn't be physically together, the day was filled with fun activities and I know it warms my heart to see the tradition continue. Though the day of the relay has passed, you can still donate and contribute to the relay by donating to the Walsh Wednesday Warriors. The American Cancer Society has been part of every cancer breakthrough for the past 100 plus years, including the first chemotherapy treatment, linking cancer to smoking and obesity, helping to make cancer a conversation that we can talk about through awareness. You can do your part by checking out our team in the description. Our page will be up till June. So 
you have plenty of time to contribute. Please let your friends and family know and share the news. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another special episode of Walsh Wednesday. Really happy to have you guys here. And we have a very special guest with us today. Today, we have founder of BLR Athletic. We have Lee Keith. Lee, how you doing? Good, man. I'm doing well. Thank you. Really happy to have you here on the podcast. We've been talking for a while, and I'm super excited to get people to know more about BLR. You guys got a great thing going on with your company, and I think it's definitely worthwhile for people to understand, and especially as things are getting going again. COVID is kind of, it's scaling off. Things are opening back up. Things are getting better. I feel like what you got with your company is a nice bright light for people to look into. Nothing better to get into this than just kind of giving us a little bit of a general overview. Tell us about BLR. What is BLR? BLR, the the, the crux of it stands for Believe, Love, Respect. It, it was something that started as, you know, I, I would like to say by accident almost, you know, whether it be divine intervention or what have you, a, a, a message sent to me. Initially, my background is in finance and huge, huge soccer fan and very, very passionate about the sport. Um, having children of my own that are active in the sport and at the time, at the origin of BLR, were active in the sport. I would be coaching, have a, a major presence kind of like in their activities, right? During that time period, you would always see a couple of things, you know, like there's always the occasional fan that, you know, we'll just say is a, a little over enthused, you know, sometimes vulgar. And we're talking about young children that and coupled with some of my own personal charitable efforts, having an impact in the sport um, from time to time. If I had a good year, I would help, you know, kind of like renovate or landscape, if you will, a field, a soccer field, or I would donate cleats or try and put together stuff like that or, you know, pay for uniforms for kids that just didn't have, have enough, you know, but like wanted to be introduced to the sport, wanted to participate. Soccer is also one of those sports. I feel, you know, it doesn't require a whole lot, you know, give a kid a decent place to play, you know, a, a decent pair of cleats and a ball, they can participate. So I feel like the barrier to entry shouldn't be that difficult. So I would do that it's always rewarding, you know, to give back in, in a way, but coupled with some of those instances that I would witness and, you know, kind of like seeing kids with the lack of resources just to play, you know, just to, just to interact. Cause I feel so much is learned from sport in that of itself. What ended up occurring was I had this idea that I wanted to come up with a vehicle, if you will, and, and whether it be a charitable vehicle or something that we could do this charitable work and we could do this stuff through versus just, oh, this is Lee Keith doing this, you know, thanks or what have you. I've never been one kind of that needed that extra pat on the back. My mom's a retired school teacher. My dad was a laborer. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I didn't grow up with like these crazy expectations. And it was always instilled early on, like, look, when you have, you have to give back. You, You have to. You may not have much, we didn't always have much, but we had food. And if we had food, there, there were other people that were welcome to come, you know? So early on, that was kind of like instilled in me. So fast forward, come up with this design, this idea, this aesthetic. I personally love apparel and attire. So that's kind of like one of my little quirks about me, things that I kind of like am very interested in. So I'm horrible 
at art. I'm a horrible artist, but I, but I know exactly what I like and, and what interests me and kind of like what resonates with me. Right. So I had this idea, drew it on my iPad. I had a, a friend of mine put together kind of like some concepts. He nailed them spot on. So we come up with this idea, this brand, you know, I, I obviously through through evenings and evenings and evenings, come up with the acronym Believe, Love, Respect, to which I had no confidence in that somebody didn't already kind of own the rights to especially Believe, Love, Respect, because I always equated it to like live, laugh, love. I just figured somebody's got it. There's no way we can, you know, we can own it. So fast forward after we kind of nailed down the design, the logo, the logo design, I, I should say. Uh, I, I then reached out to a trademark attorney and had him do some of the legwork in terms of researching to make sure that, listen, we could, we could use this. So he said it so far, it looks okay. So I was like, that's great. That's phenomenal. Then we began kind of using the brand or the logo as a, as a vehicle to do some of the things that I had always done previously. One of the local soccer clubs in Nirvana, um, you know, they, they were instrumental in kind of helping do one of these vehicles where we were involved as a brand. And that was, there was essentially a week long camp or clinic, if you will, that was afforded to, for free, afforded to kids of varying developmental disabilities. It was a phenomenal turnout. The girls at the soccer club, I mean, I mean, turned out in droves. It was, it was kind of amazing to see where you have some of these young girls high school, there were some kids that were, you know, seniors, but it was like those, those things that you see in high school kids sometimes where like, ah, I'm too cool for this. Like that was all gone, you know? And it was just truly phenomenal to witness just human beings being kind and good and supportive to other human beings. And I think it was one of those moments, like that was one of those moments where, you know, you say to yourself, like, gotta do this more often. Like absolutely have to. That was the Um, catalyst, right? Yeah. So, so that was a big, so that was a big thing that helped push me even further and propel me further to try and like dig deep and and do more. Right. So even after that, you know, there was some t-shirts made, we were still getting requests for t-shirts after, after that. So there was a ton of stuff that was kind of like happening all at once. So at that point it was really, it was really the thought process to, to say, okay, this could be something. So with that, we kind of took the more formalized steps of, you know, creating it into a business versus strictly a, a, a charitable vehicle, if you will. Now, obviously it's, it's a business. So, you know, you want to, you want to earn revenue because in turn, if you earn revenue, then the more positive things you can do, right. Or you can put back out there. Yeah, as 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 one human being, and, and obviously now I've learned, of course, like my own limitations, right? Like you want to do as much as you can. There's so many people that are hurting and in need, but you can't, you know, you can't, you can't do it all. So you have to really, there has to be a balance, you know, like we have to generate this revenue in order to continue and propel forward to be able to be, to make an impact, you know? And initially when we started, when we started kind of like our, our targeted kind of like charitable contributions, we focused on these larger charities, you know, uh, American, you know, heart association, you know, obviously like just the larger ones that everybody kind of is aware of. And then for us, we realized 
in, in my mind, there were so many more of these local charities doing really, really good work that we could focus our efforts. And, and, and let's just say if it was just on a sale of some jerseys or some t-shirts and, and it represented a couple thousand dollars, if it's at a local food bank or you know, a, a local breast cancer foundation that's kind of like targeted in Orange County or the Hudson Valley, you know, I feel like that goes a longer way. And I feel like because some of those smaller charities, it's literally touching that person faster, if, if, if that makes sense, you know, at least no, that's definitely. my, at least that's my interpretation, you know, where, you know, when you're sponsoring a family during the holidays, or that little bit that we do seems to make a larger impact. There's a time and a place for just about everything. And of course, like all charities are worthwhile. But yeah, when you have the big names, yeah, people know about it. But how many people know of the little guys? And, you know, right. the little guys, uh, they all start somewhere. And the big guys at one point were little guys. So the right. fact that you guys go out there and use BLR as a platform to support those little guys around you, that's huge in that community involvement is so critical in so many of the levels of just trying to make it through. Yeah. And there would be no way without the support of really the local individuals, the local people as a whole here in Orange County, literally we'd be nothing. You know, we didn't do any major, major marketing. We didn't do any major, major promotion. It was truly, you know, word of mouth. I'm a Pine Bush graduate. My partner, Craig Newton, he's also a Pine Bush graduate. So we're, we're, we're local guys by nature. He's a basketball guy. You know, I grew up playing soccer. So like those, through those relationships, you know, we were able to essentially like roll out, generate a business, you know, have some semblance of success. One thing that also was a, a, a large catalyst was we got on the radar of major league soccer somehow, some way. So actually one of the first, if it may be the only female executive at the time in major league soccer. And this was, I want to say maybe it was 2016 or yeah, maybe it was 2016. A woman by the name of Megan Cameron had reached out, said, you know, she kind of like had taken a look at our site and heard about us. Now at the time there were some NFC, some NYCFC players that were kind of wearing our stuff, but by no means was it you know, really like out there. So long story short, she gave us the opportunity to provide tops for all of the incoming rookies. So we inked a small partnership deal. So for like three years in a row, we did all of the shirts for all of the incoming rookies at the rookie symposium for major league soccer. That was, that was a huge boost for us as now we had literally for three years in a row, we had 80 players from around the country, some international, you know, all whom have their their own, you know, they're they're all spheres of influence in their own rights, in their own communities. So that that was great. You know, it was, it was really a, like a cool thing to see and a cool thing to take part of. Unfortunately that stopped Adidas just said, Hey, we're not, you know, we're not going to share the platform with other brands, um, which we totally understood. Um, We appreciated the opportunity at the time to participate. But that was a big that was a big boost early on for us, and then that that increased our social just on, on that from you know some of the the pros just literally just showing us love on their social media channels and helping us. So it was it was really cool to see these guys who didn't know about this brand, but you know just believed what it stood for, and and I think in in general that's where 
a lot of love and support kind of like comes back to us. But again, local support has been nothing short of amazing. We've had people that just, you know, for nothing will be at an event and they'll literally like they'll they'll say, hey, like, you know, you need us to help. Like they'll jump in behind, literally like behind the counter and help sell T-shirts. And, you know, so like the communal support, it literally renders me speechless sometimes because it, it, it's such a positive thing to see like people kind of like jump in like literally and just pull up their sleeves and say, Hey, how, how can we help? So I, that, that's, that, that's something that propels me forward every day to try and continue to, you know, do kind of like the necessary work on both ends, business and charitable, you know, exactly what you guys stand for already. Uh, BLR, Believe, love, respect is much more than just a clothing line. This is what you guys say. It's a lifestyle. And you guys harness in on the humanity. Uh, and so, like, how could people not want to support something like that? You know, when you have people with Major League Soccer, or you have the local people in Orange County, they see the depth of what you guys really stand for. And I can understand why that you guys get the support. And, you know... You put support out there, support will come back out too. And you guys are just putting out a lot of positivity out in the world with your brand, which is definitely something very much needed these days. Yeah, we try, man. It's, it's a daily effort. It's like children, you know, like you can't be hypocritical. If this is what our brand stands for, then we have to follow this. Like, this is what we have to do. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta start the way you finish, you know? So it's like, this is what it was all built on. We have to steady the course. Like, you know, irregardless of the business ups and downs, you know, okay, like we're still going to give, maybe we can't give to the same capacity when things were good, but like, we absolutely have to be, we, we have to be active, you know, like we have to do our part as, as small as it is, like it, it is imperative for us to do our part. Yeah. Honestly, the, the altruism is, is what definitely stands out, which is phenomenal. So one thing that while you were talking, you brought up how you're a big soccer fan and your partner is a big basketball fan. Uh, I just wanted to get it out there for everybody listening. Like you guys are more than just like one or two sports. You support all kinds of sports all across the board, right? Yeah. So one of the quotes I would say that, that, that we really kind of try and stick to is no matter, literally no matter whether you're an academic, arts or athletics, you can do your part too right? Like it doesn't matter for us. You know, we, we a hundred percent support across the board, every sport, you know, whether it's, and, and if we can get involved in other activities, then we want to be a part of that. Whether it's, uh, again, whether it's, you know, painters, musicians, again, you know, not everybody's an athlete. Not everybody is comfortable in that, in that space. I have three children. They, they were all not athletes some more serious academics and, you know, could care less about a round ball in any shape or form. So, so that still kind of resonates for me personally, you know, where I don't ever want to feel that, oh, like it's, it's just a, a, a sports centric brand, or it's just, you know, it's just this, it's just that, you know, it first and foremost, yes, we are, we are an apparel brand, of, of, of course, but close second, or if not, equal to, we really want to be, and, and I hate to say a movement, but, you know, we want to, we, we want it to be a movement. We want it to, you know, we want people to understand like 
it's it's important. You know, it's important to believe, love, respect. Like it's just a basic principle. It's literally just a basic principle. That's imperative for you know for us to really kind of like propel that forward. And I think the way that we propel that forward is, of course, through branding and and through our apparel. You know, that's the way that we kind of like we use that as the vehicle for our message. If that's if if that's kind of like the best way to say it. No, that. Makes total sense. You guys support a lot of equity in what you do and through your message. And yes, your apparel is the vehicle. And that's the nice thing. You know, apparel appeals to everybody. Everybody needs clothes, you know. So, and the way that you work that, you work with all your sports teams and you branch out to all these other people and you find the connection through your through your uh through your brand through your uh lifestyle through the meaning and that's all phenomenal really glad that you get out there and do that so with being involved with sports all your life being involved in you know helping out all these teams and things like that could you tell me what being on a team driven sport or just being on a sport what that does for development and your drive how why is that so important to be so involved because here we are you know we've been locked away for a year with covid so many right. sports have been have taken a back seat just like, i've talked about this a lot on the podcast about arts have been taking a back seat but athletics have also taken a back seat of course right so a lot of people are struggling without it. That was their drive. So can you tell me in your words what that importance is when when you're involved in a sport, involved in athletics? Yeah, I think athletics are an integral part of kind of like just your basic life lessons, right? When you're when when you're young and 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 again as a as a parent, when you're trying to teach your children certain lessons, right? It's very difficult to say, okay, don't do that. Don't do this. This is how you're supposed to interact with others. You know, it's very difficult just to bombard them with the the verbiage, right? Like, so I feel that through sport, it's like a bunch of life lessons learned, right? Like depending on the sport, how to work together, how to achieve success in something, you know, how to work towards a goal, you know, and, and, and the same with arts through sports, you know, there's a, there's, there's also the, the physical, right. And then there's the, just the sheer outlet of, you know, kind of being idle, you know, some kids it's, it's just all about interests, right? Like I feel like when, when kids are younger, you kind of want to expose them to a lot of different things to see, Hey, what maybe they gravitate toward. And then kind of like you hone in on that a little bit where he's having some success, he or she is having some success. But I think through sport, there's so many lessons partnering from teamwork to mutual respect, you know, just, just being kind to one another, you know, like this is your teammate. We got to work together. You know, how do we work together? You know, sharing. So all of those concepts, I feel like are are learned and then the, the the larger ones right like as as you're a teenager competing you're you're feeling a certain way or you're angry about something right like you know how to control your emotions you know like or hey you're you're penalized in some capacity you know how to as as you as as one becomes older you know being in tune with your body like what you know you do well you know what maybe you need to work on you know in terms of like physicalness or even you know other things like Okay, if I go about it this way, maybe I'll get a different result, right? Problem solving. So I feel like all these things are, are, are concepts and lessons that are learned 
you know, through sport or just activities in general, you know, and I, I think through COVID, you've got, you know, people all over from, you know, Broadway to, I feel like showing their craft and sharing their craft has been limited concerts, you know, like that basic thing, those, those basic things that people were so used to and enabled people to, I would say it's more so sharing their, you know, their, their, their artistry or, you know, athletic ability, right? Like, like people have been literally handcuffed to do that as a result of COVID. I feel like those are the biggest things, you know, in terms of lessons, like all these things are magnified and, and, and figured out and can be highlighted through sport and working together and working with others and just what COVID has done, you know, it's just, it, it's, you know, it's tough. It's just tough. I feel like it just has put literally like a pause on so much for so many people, which only enhances people's stresses and all these other things that, you know, are a result of not being able to express yourself, human interaction, you know, all, all of these things that have, you know, really that, that, that people are experiencing as a result of COVID, you know, it's just tough. Amen. Obviously, I've definitely devoted much more of myself recently to uh, arts, media, music, of course, but I grew up playing sports. I played soccer. I played baseball. I played lacrosse. I played basketball. One of the very first things I ever did was play soccer. Like my parents put me on a soccer team when I was like four or five years old and just I loved it, you know? It was honestly a great experience. If I didn't have those times playing on that soccer team, as you said, I learned team building. I learned problem solving. I learned uh, having that commitment to something. And of course, like definitely that, uh, that applied in where I was learning my instrument later on in life too. But that was the first thing. That was the fundamental thing for me. And that carried through on forever. And I know it personally has changed me all for the better. And I feel like that's why it's good. As you said, have kids start early, try a number of different things, see what it is that fits for them because you don't know, you don't know right away. And you got to just give them those options. And I'm really glad that my parents did in my case, you know, having my sports background alongside my music background and everything else that I did, it really made me into who I am today. And I'm very proud of that. So I'm with you with everything that you said. When we return, we're going to talk about how COVID has impacted BLR, along with all the upcoming fantastic things that BLR has planned. All of that right after this. Do It Again is here. Enjoy this anthem of nostalgia as it is now available on all main distribution platforms. That's right. You can stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, all the works. And don't forget, you can include the song on your Instagram stories and reels, along with your latest TikToks. Scotty C and I put a lot of depth and care into crafting this track. And after a year like 2020, there are probably a number of things that we still miss and wish we could do again. Keep staying smart and safe, and though nothing will go back to exactly the way it was before, perhaps we can pave a better future. In the meantime, whenever you're getting sentimental or just need a new song to rock out to, check out Do It Again by Scotty C featuring me, Connor Walsh, and don't forget to check out our music video shot by Rachel D'Amico. 
You can find all these links in the description of this podcast. Speaking about things that you said, you, uh, we've, we're talking about COVID and how that's impacted some things. I want to ask how that's impacted how you've looked at things as a business. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like many other businesses, you know, it's definitely been a struggle. 2018, we were probably at the height um, in terms of business. Obviously, we've had a, a, a small history compared to other companies. Um, but I mean, all things were literally like clicking on four cylinders. So we had established a space out in California, out West. We were doing uniforms as far out as Hawaii, like soccer clubs in Hawaii. It was amazing. COVID hit, unfortunately, obviously sports, a, a, a lot of things kind of like just literally fell off the cliff, if you will. So that impacted because we had we, we obviously, we have two, essentially two arms of the business, right? We have like our casual, which is, you know, kind of like tees, sweats, you know, just the, the very basic things. Um, and then we had kind of our, our, our uniform stuff just so happened, you know, the uniform stuff, like really just from word of mouth, just started really growing at, at it at an exponential rate. So obviously for, for us being a small business, we don't have, you know, this huge staff where, you know, Hey, like, okay, we can, we can kind of really do it all. So it's just like anything else, you know, like let's, let's continue to feed this while this is occurring, you know, like we want to be able to appropriately support the demand. So we did. So a lot of effort and energy went into that side of the the business. So with that, when that fell off the cliff, you know, that was, that, that was tough, you know, like many businesses, you know, and then you have to figure out a way, okay, like, how do we, how do we continue to do what we're trying to do and be as successful as possible? So with, with sports kind of like being on halt, you know, obviously that one of the perks of us having this other side of the business in terms of casual, that certainly helped, you know, we still got a ton of local support, which was great. But we, we, we ended up shuttering kind of the doors out in California. But it wasn't just COVID. Part of it, I always feel, is like learning lessons sometimes in your effort to, to grow. You know, maybe you take on staff that don't necessarily have the same vision, right? And, you know, and sometimes that's a challenge. So coupled with that and, and us being really Orange County-based or New York-based and you know, not going back and forth as much or not having that physical presence, you know, in LA all the time. It just, it just made sense coupled with COVID and everything else. So we decided to say, okay, you know what, let's just, let's just focus here, you know, and, and kind of like make home base really here in New York where we are and where it really started. Uh, so we did. So in January of 2020, we, we had we had begun the process. This was before we kind of decided to leave California, the presence in California. We'd actually started looking at space here, actually in Newburgh on the waterfront. At that time, we were looking, you know, we, we, we found a space that we thought might be a, a perfect fit for us. So, but we wanted to wait, kind of wanted to see, like, let's mull it over by next quarter. Let's make a decision. At that time, kind of COVID really like, you know, kind of like took the country by storm. To a certain degree, that was a, a a blessing in disguise that we didn't kind of commit to something at that point, you know, and then go through a complete shutdown. So then, you know, we ended up taking on a space and now, you know, we can't even really generate revenue 
through the main channel that we were at the time. So we ended up shuttering the doors in California and kind of just said, hey, look, let's 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 rethink strategy. This is a perfect time to kind of like really take a pause and look at some of the things that we we did well, some of the things that we didn't do well. And you know, hopefully we can kind of heal from this and and move forward. Obviously, it lasted a little bit longer than than we anticipated, probably than most people anticipated. But I think it served us really, really well. Through this whole period, we've been able to make kind of like I th- what I think are some really good necessary adjustments to execute better as a business, you know, from delivery times to really understanding consumer demands and patterns and, you know, a lot of things that not being a retail guy and not having that background, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always a true believer in being honest with kind of like myself and knowing what I don't do well, things that I can do well, and then seeking out those that I can learn from or, hey, how, how can we work together, you know, to, to work towards a common goal? Um, so I think that's one of my strengths and it's through that honesty that, you know, I did, I, I, it was, it was a real learning lesson because sometimes what happens is if you have some semblance of success and now mind you, I've, I've, I've had a ton of failures, right? Like you, you got to fail to really know what it feels like to win and have success. Right. Like, um, 100%. and in that short period of time of the brand, you know, of course, it's always easy to say, like, okay, if you start with zero and, you know, you sold two shirts, yeah, you've been doing great business, right? Like, you started at zero. From that standpoint, you know, we started off with nothing and then we started having, you know, success and, you know, to then what what I would deem in small business, like some some real success, you know, doing some real decent numbers. Um, and... So through all that, sometimes you don't really have time because you're small to really take a true evaluation of, hey, what are we, what, what are we, what are we not doing well? Besides like the the things that kind of really like are are kind of hitting you in the face, you know, like whether it's delivery times and struggles with logistics and getting stuff from our factory to to that club out in Hawaii and how we, you know, how, how can we do this better? Like some of the things that are obviously like right in front of your face that are real time, but there's a lot of other things like small things that get overlooked when it's like the rush to, you know, propel forward and keep up with demand. This was really a great time for us to reevaluate, you know, and, and I don't want to say pivot because we're still doing the same things, but really take a, take, take, take a long ponder at, Hey, how can we be better? And when this gets back to normal, how can we make a, a, a larger impact? How can we really serve our customers like better? What incentives can we, you know, can we give? Um, and I think it's those things that, that, that we really have learned. Some of the things like coming up that we've been working on now, like I'm really excited about because it's like a, it's, it's almost like starting a new, you know, it's almost like starting over. You know, I feel like those are the, some of the, the, the key lessons that, that, you know, that, that we took away from COVID and how it impacted us. No, I agree. And uh, definitely, I agree with everything that you said. And yeah, no, it's a refocusing, you know, it's not exactly a pivot, but refocus on what like, okay, this is what we need to do next. This is the next step for us. And I feel like 
everybody needs to do that, whether you're a business owner, whether just in your own personal life, you have to have those moments to kind of sit back and think about that. And something that you said early on, uh, very, uh, you said, um, as you're growing and you feel like things are going great, but then you don't see certain things. Oh my God, that hit me because there's this one particular instance in my life. I always look back on and be like, wow, I was riding so high. I forgot to see that I was lacking in this and that, and that came back to bite me in the butt. Yeah. And I think that's a huge lesson, regardless of whatever you're into, as I said, just like a basic lifestyle thing to take a moment and evaluate. And that's it. If, if any positives could come out of COVID, it, it certainly gave many people that at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I think as, as human beings, you get caught up in like life, right? Like regular life stuff, you know, like the stresses, you know, the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, you know, and I think that when you see, when, when you see so many people suffering from something that, that I don't want to say is, is uncontrollable, but it's like really tough to control. And then it just starts to eke out into, you know, not just a health issue, but, you know, now it's affecting people, you know, in, in, you know, just putting food on the table. It's like the snowball effect, you know, it, it, it started with this, you know, this, this illness and, you know, this sickness and, you know, now it, it, it gets out of control and it impacts, you know, now so many other things, you know, mental health, like all, all of these other impacts that, that it's caused. And it's just, I feel like obviously pre-COVID, you know, a lot of times, like, you don't think about it. You're just like, Hey, like, this is, this is off to school, you know, wh- whatever you're doing in life, you know, I feel like that's like, you know, you get caught almost like on a hamster wheel and you, you're not really like, looking left and right. I'm, I mean, you're aware, you know, like, and, and you're doing other things in the community, but you know, when something like this, that has such a huge, you know, just such a huge impact on so many people, you know, I mean, it does, it, 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 it calls you to really like reevaluate what's important, you know, and, and, and how to, how to move on. And, and I feel like tragedies and, and, and major things, in, in life, I think, tend to have us as human beings and as Americans do that. You know, I feel like, you know, in, in not comparing the two, but, you know, I witnessed that in 9-11. You know, yeah. you, see, you see just how you, you hope people come together and really say, hey, look, let's, let, let's try and make this place a better place. Um, yeah. It's been a weird climate, but I feel like, you know, a lot of lessons can be learned and I, and I hope a, a, a lot of people do. Yeah, I I, I just hope things can kind of get better. Yeah, I know. I hear you with that. And no, the 9-11 reference. No, I agree with that. They were both moments. They were both turning points in our histories. And both moments, though different, of course, definitely really made us stop and think. And I know a number of people have talked about it like that. And hopefully we do learn and get better from all of this. And uh, that's something I pray for each and every day. Kind of getting to the close of this episode, I greatly appreciate you being on and everything that we've talked about. I think this is the point where we should talk about what is going on with BLR going on right now. What do people have to look forward to at this moment? And what are some stuff that uh, you have cooking that you can start talking about? 
you know, we got some really, really cool partnerships in the works right now with some fairly large organizations um, that have a presence in the Ar- in Orange County. I won't necessarily like say any names yet, but it's it, it'll be a really, really cool partnership for the brand and I think for for the community as a whole. Um, but one of the uh, one of the great things that that right now we're doing is um, we are finishing up, hopefully nearing construction um, of our space here locally in Orange County, um, which is exciting. So we'll have a, a physical presence here. Um, I think, again, some of the other partnerships will be looking to do some camps and bring, you know, some pros and not that it's a major thing, but, you know, just, just try and bring some more things to, to our local community. Cause sometimes I feel like upstate New York or Orange County is kind of like left out sometimes, you know, it's, it, it may not be as, it may not be as sexy, you know, as a lot of other places or major cities. So for us, I feel if we can, if, if, if we can enhance our local community as much as possible and, and, and bringing attention to, you know, to the Hudson Valley, I, I feel like, Hey, like, let's, let's do it. Let's use what we can to bring attention to, to our community and the needs that things that we need here. So I think that'll be, you know, that'll be exciting. Obviously, hopefully COVID kind of eases off so that a lot of these things can kind of come to fruition, but you know, we've got some exciting partnerships, camps, clinics, leagues, um, tournaments, things that we're going to be, you know, heavily involved in sponsoring um, and, and really have like a hands on, you know, impact on one of the one of the things that we've got upcoming is we're sponsoring a 5K race. You know, it's it's going to be essentially hopefully the, the first of many outdoor activities that, that, you know, people can partake in and we can be involved in as a brand. And that's going to be taking place. I want to say it's Sunday, May 18th at Orange County Park. So I, you know, there's, there's a lot on the calendar that we're, that we're hoping, but unfortunately some of it is tentative, just kind of pending what happens, you know, with the pandemic. So, but really, really excited, you know, really, really excited about, you know, things to come. As you should. No, that all sounds fantastic. And um, looking forward to everything that you guys got coming with the new store, with all the, uh, possible uh clinics events sponsorships that's awesome before we wrap this up could you tell people where they can find you online where should they go and follow where should they go and buy where should they check you out online yeah so you can check us out on instagram at blr underscore athletique a-t-h-l-e-t-i-q-u-e um, you can check our casual stuff out online and kind of get a, a gist of what the brand is about at blrathletique.com. And if it's a custom organization, if it's a if it's a custom jersey or a uniform or something that's more custom in nature that's needed, you can check us out at blrathlete.com. And that is kind of where the, the, the customization stuff kind of kicks in and anybody can reach out to us if they have any questions concerns you can reach out to us at support at blrathletique.com for any questions anything you know any sponsorship you know interest things like that you know we're, we're always open and, and and looking to partner and align with folks you know like let's make it happen let's you know let's let's try and make an impact 
Heck yeah. No, that sounds great. And for anybody listening right now, you guys can check out those links in the description. You don't go have to hunt the internet to go and find them. You can check them out in the description of this podcast. So we'll link you up directly with uh, BLR and you guys can check it all out. Lee, thank you so much for coming on to this episode of Walsh Wednesday. Really appreciate your time and really appreciate the movement that you guys are bringing with BLR. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Connor. We really appreciate your support, man. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem. As always, guys, I'm Connor Walsh, and I'm glad we get to spend some time.